Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Before we get too far into this, I want to talk about the folks at Racetech. Man, they've got a lot of good things going on there, whether it's their work with Zombie Blows, the SGB Cowie guys, as well as the Nuclear Blast Yamaha. Guys, uh, Racetech.com is helping privateers and uh, factory teams everywhere. So they're now offering CNC digitized porting done in-house in Corona, California. Why CNC porting? What does it mean to you? Well, for riders, Racetech using CNC porting ensures they are utilizing precision and technology to offer the best port every single time, resulting in the largest horsepower increases possible. And if you're a tuner or a builder, uh, Racetech will sign you up with an NDA, and uh, they will securely CNC port your head so you can offer your customers the best product and intended design every single time with confidence. Uh, They're quickly becoming a leader in engine engine machining services by investing in industry-leading staff and equipment. Pulp21 code will save you at Racetech.com. And if you're just a customer and you want to show your bike some love, Use the code to get your suspension changed, uh, motor done up, whatever it is, racetech.com. Uh, Pulp21 is the code to say with those guys. Thanks to uh, Racetech, man. Here's the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. <laughs> With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,700 podcasts delivered with over 17 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with Bob Rathcamp. He is the USA distributor, president of Garnet USA, but uh, he goes way further back than that and has done way more in the industry than just uh, the great work he's done with Garnet over the years. So looking forward to talking to Bob. He's uh, always been a really, really nice guy. So thanks for listening to this podcast, Fly Racing, their 2021 line. It has been expanded. It is deeper. It is uh, it is better than ever before. They've got the Formula Helmet, which has got the Rion technology. They've got uh, big steps forward with the new light pant. It's all new. The Zone Pro goggle that the Brayton Harrison and Oldenburg are using at Muckoff Honda. Uh, FlyRacing.com, of course, Zach Osborne won the 450 National Championship in Fly. These guys have come so far, so fast. And uh, thanks to Fly Racing, man. Uh, they've got some really good products. Uh, they've got snow stuff. They've got watercraft stuff. They've got uh, um, hard parts. FlyRacing.com for more information on that. Uh, whole protection line as well. So they've got a lot of things going on, and I want to thank the folks at Fly for title sponsor in this podcast it's been a long time i've been working with those guys for a while so thank you to that rental as well the undisputed global leader in manufacturing design since 69 rental has become notorious for a relentless obsession of detail and quality through the commitment to produce the finest products on the market today 7 8 bar fat bar fat bar 36 twin wall bar uh sprockets chains grips Think about the folks at Renthal and all the things they've come out with that are high-quality, great products and how much you've used over the years. If you're listening to this and you've ridden dirt bikes for a long time or even a short time, 100% chance that you've probably used Renthal. So Renthal.com for more information. 
Uh, really, really great stuff. A fraction of a second, a few grams, a couple of millimeters. It all counts. Welcome to the winning world of Renthal. Thank you to Max's Tires, A-Ray, Jay Smith, Rod Bell. Maxis.com for more information on that. Light truck tires, UTV tires. The Minion mountain bike tires are fantastic. Uh, also, they've got the MXSTs that Jeremy McGrath uses. So if the king uses it, you know that uh, it should be good. Thank you to Cobra Links, of course. Uh, you know what Cobra Links is? It is a uh, lowering suspension link for everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. Used by trail riders, motocross racers, and adventure tours at all. So if you're uh, a shorter stature and you want to lower that bike, uh, you can get better plushness, improve cornering, gain confidence by having a lower center of gravity. Cobra Links is made in the USA. They've uh, been in business for 25 years or so. And, uh, yeah, 15% off any link, free U.S. shipping by using the code PulpMX when you sign up. CobaLinks.com, built in Boise, ridden and raced everywhere. And you can get Cobra Links now if not very soon, from motorsport.com, OEM parts, aftermarket parts, uh, whether it's Renthal, whether it's Fly, whether it's Maxxis, uh, motorsport.com for more information on how to get your ride working well, uh, whether you race on the track, ride on the trail, race on the street. No, don't race on the street. That sounds bad. Just ride on the street. Uh, motorsport.com, go through Pulpamex banner, um, uh, pulpamex.com banner. It takes you to a whole uh, section on motorsport.com dedicated to the show segment. Michelin has a set of, uh, a deal on there for a set of tubes for the motorsport.com guys. So thanks to those guys for coming on board. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate it if you use the banner when you're going to buy through motorsport. Uh, free shipping over anything over 79 bucks, I think, or something. So altogether wise, motorsport.com has got it going on. All right. Thanks to you people for listening. And thanks to Bob for the time for this podcast. Uh, here's Bob Rathcamp. All right, now, people, as promised on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by the folks at Maxis, Renthal, Cobolinks, and Motorsport.com, the president of Garna USA, uh, a good friend of mine over the years, and uh, a gentleman I'm looking forward to really talking to, Bob Rathcamp. What's up, Bob? How are you, man? Hey, Steve. How are you? Uh, pleasure to be on the, uh, on the famous uh, Pulp MX podcast here. Now, I've been... People have asked me to do one with you over the years, and I always hit them back with like, no, 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 we did it, we did it, we did it, and then I couldn't find it, and I just assumed that we lost the file. So then I did a bit more digging, and it turns out I talked to you in an interview on the phone just like this, and I transcribed it for Pulp MX, but we've actually never okay. done one like a podcast. So this is the first one. So there we go. Well, right on. It's the official first one, then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, all right, how's things at Garnet USA? How's everything going? Well, in spite of the last year with all the COVID craziness, um, factory closures and, and all of the above, I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're doing pretty good. Uh, of course, like a lot of people, the COVID has affected the pipeline, and our factory was closed for three months, and now, you know, getting going again, Yep. Um, you know, just the supply chain has been a little bit of a drag, and some of the countries that haven't placed orders last year, now everybody's going, man, we're out of boots, so we need, we need boots, and right. so the lead times have pushed back, and then, you know, just all the other stuff. I was talking to uh, Ronnie Lachine yesterday, and I don't know what they're bringing in, but he said they've got ships out you know they can't get into the, the to the docks to unload yeah. so i think you know one one thing after the another but but you know it's going and it's going better we're going in a positive direction i went to florida which i'm sure you were there and uh at least we've got racing going and we've got people in the stands and and trying to move forward so yeah 
it's uh, it's as I've said many times, the folks at Western Power Sports are buddies of mine, and, and, and the folks at Alpine Stars, your competitor, all these people. And as bad as this pandemic has been for so many families and so many people, and the unemployment levels are high. In the power sports industry, bicycle industry, people are at home, people were getting out, people wanted to do something, and it was a boon for sales. So I don't envy your position, though, Bob, because you have to sit back and you know get from Italy or place your order from Italy, what you think you sell, what you think will, 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 will move, and then you have to think about, well, how much of that is pandemic-related? How much of that is just people discovering motorcycles? So good luck with that. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, it's been been kind of crazy, you know. In the beginning, they, you know, it was pretty doom and gloom. So uh, a year ago in March, you know, things just stopped, and we were like, "Is this it? Is this going to be?" Yeah. Is, you know, and then I guess uh, we started to see it end of end of April. Things started coming back, and like you said, um, you know, families are sitting in the house going, "We got to do something." So guess what? Bikes started selling, and, and little bikes started selling. I mean, we've been scratching our heads for years going, how do we get kids introduced to motorcycles? Mm-hmm. Like when we all grew up, every everybody had a, a bike of some sort, and they were tearing around the neighborhood or the fields or the gravel pits, and, and that just hasn't happened. And, um, you know, frankly, COVID was a solution for that because uh, yeah. there's a lot of kids that got introduced to handlebars and dirt bikes these yeah, let's, 12 months. let's hope we keep him on it. Uh, you've got uh, you've got Zach Osborne. You've got Malcolm Stewart. Uh, you've got a lot of riders out there running Garnet. Very, very high-quality boot. I've got some buddies that absolutely swear by them. And what I always think about cool as Garnet is, and I don't know how diff, how much you have to do with this or anything, but, man, the custom colors are always cool. Lots of, oh, lots of cool stuff, yeah. Yeah, the solid colors have been kind of uh uh, what would I say? Pretty pretty well received because you know for a few years there we just kind of started throwing every color under the sun and yep. and I think people are kind of over that and they just like some solid colors. So we introduced the red last year and you know Zacho is a red man. He likes those red boots. Yep. And then we thought, well, no one's really made a blue boot for a while, so that solid blue has been been pretty well received too. And and of course the standard white black i mean those are always staples for years and years but um yeah everything's going good there in the color wise oh that's good to hear um now obviously you're from minnesota i'm from manitoba so we share a bit of a bond there as far as growing up in uh in cold climates and everything else and waking our way down south um how much do you get back home to minnesota well you know i always put millville on the calendar and if there's a supercross i try to go to that one and and uh, as far as just really going back there and having a you know couple week vacation, I I just really haven't had the time over the years to do that. So it's always race related, and you see some friends and family, and you know it's always fun. You know the summers are nice, as you know, same yeah. in Canada. But boy, those winters—if you've been watching the temperatures the last yeah. couple weeks—that's yeah. why we don't live there anymore. It's been rough. I know exactly right. Um, yeah, you uh, you've been in the industry a long time. How long have you been Garnet distributor for USA? How long has that been now? Oh man, I was just thinking about that. I think uh, <laughs> I think twenty five years probably. Yeah, or close to it. Right, yeah, right. Uh, you were you ran Cinesalo USA for a long time, and we'll get into that and all the stories behind that brand and that that gear, everything else. But let's let's get in the time machine a little bit and go back. So. You're born and raised in Minnesota. How do you get into dirt bikes? Well, I was racing dirt. Well, I was always 
like I, like we said earlier, as a kid, you had something that would start and go go somewhere, and so I had some junker motorcycles and. And I always liked the dirt bike stuff, you know, just yep. climbing hills. I guess my brother raced some scrambles, I guess they used to call it. He had a 305 Honda or something like that. And and so one day he brought me home a Honda 50, and, you know, the thing was clapped, but, hey, it was a motorcycle. And from there I, I met the Schmitz, you know. Donnie yeah. Schmidt was um, younger than me, but his older brother Dave mm-hmm. um I met, and I'm going, man, this guy races. (laughs) He's got numbers on a motorcycle. (laughs) And so, you know, it was a little intimidating at first. Like, they're saying, you should race. And I go, race? Are you kidding me? (laughs) And so he was the one that kind of talked me into it with a little group of guys, and we became this band of racers. And then Donnie was... Donnie was a little kid. Yeah, like how old old is Donnie this Uh, point? Donnie might have been... Nine or ten, oh, okay. maybe something yeah, yeah. like that. He had an he had an XR seventy five, and I remember he was crying. He couldn't make it up the hill at Millville. He had cowboy boots on and a <laughs> you know g- gold belt wrapped around him about three times. And so, so we would always go to the races together. That's how I kind of got into it. And then, uh, how did that work? I um, my girlfriend at the time had some family in California, so we came out for Christmas one year, and I met. Jim O'Neill, and I went to his Christmas party, and Donnie Hansen was there, and Jimmy Weiner, really? and all of these people. And <laughs> oh, how random and, is that? Yeah, how random is and that? And O'Neill, right? O'Neill goes, you you race in Minnesota? I go, yeah. And at the time, you know, I had raced for a couple of years, and right. so now I'm a what they called expert, you know, in Minnesota. And, and so he goes, hey, race in Minnesota? I thought it was snowbanks and cattle, you know, has given me this kind of stuff. And I go, no. Yeah, yeah. We race. What are you talking about? So he gave me some catalogs and stuff and, and said, uh, we don't have a rep there. Maybe you could sell some stuff. And I I mean, I knew Bob Cycle wasn't in mail order at the time, but yeah. I knew all those guys, and they were yeah. a big vendor. And there was a place called Burnsville Sports Center, which was a really big Honda shop. In fact, if you really go back, they were – they were the company that had PDI. I don't know if you remember that. No, that was kind of like a no. performance distributing incorporated. Okay. And the D in DG, Dan Hangslaben, came to Minnesota and got Kermit Severson, who owned the sports center, to invest in it. And anyhow, it's okay. a long story. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yep. so I knew all those guys, and they were there were a couple guys that man they they sold a lot of motocross stuff because there were a lot of riders. Yep. And so. Anyhow, I started selling, and they go, "Man, you can sell that much stuff in Minnesota. You got to move to California, and I, and we'll give you a real route." They told me. Oh and I wow! Go, eh, well, okay. I don't know if I really want to do that. Yeah. And I, I met a guy by the name of Jim Hale that was their their uh, GM at the time, and we became good friends. And Jim came to Minnesota and a couple times and we raced and you know we were good yep. friends and anyhow right that let that led to the start of axo sport america so how how random that you meet jim o'neill from an ex-girlfriend and you get to yeah. go to his christmas party right yeah yeah that was crazy and it was one of those years that it was uh like pouring rain and i remember weinert had the toyota used to give 
uh, team trucks to the riders. Okay. And we went to get a pizza with Weinert, and that was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of uh, California <laughs> alive here because he was hitting these. We were hydroplaning through intersections doing 360s. It was just crazy. Wow, that's uh... – so what year? And Donnie Hansen at the time was on Can Am's, and he had some okay. big scar on his neck because he hit some track banner or something, and just about decapitated. He wasn't even a factory Honda guy at the time. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So this is '79. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right about '78, '79, right. I suppose. And then it came out. They said you got to come out for the 500 Grand Prix at Carlsbad when Moats won. That was another trip. They picked me up at the airport, and then we proceeded to uh, uh, drive to uh, Carlsbad about a hunt as fast as those vans would go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's crazy! Crazy time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and O'Neill was. Uh, re- I mean, is still obviously in business today and doing very well. And and uh, so you meet yeah. Jim Hale, Eric Pernard, who I just had lunch with in Florida. He started out at O'Neill. At some point, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that he got the green card. He was a uh, customer service or telemarketer there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I knew Eric. I go, how do you get? Oh, you know, you know, you know, Eric. He, yeah. he was great. No, yeah, that, that's really cool. That that Jim started this sort of hub of moto people, right? Did, was Eddie Cole there too, or no? Am I, am I not? No, no okay. but Eddie, Chuck Lazzaroni, who used to own uh, what was that called? Uh, Sierra Distributing, did you know him? I, I mean, there's an alumni of guys that came out of O'Neill for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So do you think, um, so you're selling to Bob's and you're selling to Burnsville. Are you a natural salesman? Like, or is it is this stuff pretty cool and unique? What's what's your success, do you think? Mm, I don't know. I, you know. You know, just like you, I'm sure, in, in your local place, if if you've got – a bit of a personality, you yeah. know everybody, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so you can kind of. I guess I was an influencer, right? You know what they call them today. I yeah. mean, I knew a lot of people, so I'm going, hey, you know, you you should wear O'Neill and you know, blah blah blah. And it was kind of cool. They had uh, Malherb at the time, who was a yeah, you know 500 right. world yeah. champ, and that you know in those days that that carried some weight and. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim always had some riders, and a good friend of mine, Tommy Benolkin, at the time was a pretty fast Minnesota guy. We yeah. got him to wear O'Neill, and, um, yeah. you know, and it was available. And, and Bob Widstrand, who owned Bob Cycle, you know, we were good friends, and he said, I'll give it a try. Mm-hmm. And at the time, O'Neill sold Fox, believe it or not. So there are Fox boots and Fox gloves, Hallman, a uh, couple of Hallman products. Yeah. Um, you was know, he, was he was he was Jim bringing in Axel boots at that point or no? Yeah, that's yeah. how kind of the relationship started. First, it was going to be with Hale and I that when the beginning, like when we're when he's telling me this, yeah, what was the plan? It was going to be Yoko USA. Yoko used to be the pant manufacturer right. for everybody, mm-hmm. and Yoko was in Finland. And um, Yoko was making the Fox pants, the O'Neill pants, yeah. the Thor pants. You know, you go to the factory, it was just everybody's pants. Yeah. Well, the word got out, and then everybody said, hey, we're going to stop making pants with you guys if you bring Yoko into the U.S. And the guy, uh, Yuha, uh got cold feet and said, I can't do it. So yeah. then then the actual guy found out, Remo Berlize, he mm-hmm. said, I'll do it. 
So then it became Axosport America instead of Yoko USA. So oh, okay. that's so how that all kind of began. So big step for you to move to California and get a quote-unquote real route, huh? Huge step. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can imagine. I lived on the lake in Minnesota. had about 300 feet of lakeshore. had jet skis, boat, you know, yeah. everything was pretty comfy. And I moved to California and rented a... Uh, Were you up there in Valencia pretty rough at the time? Place. Were you up no, there? No, I was in the San Fernando Valley. Okay. I moved to Reseda, uh-huh. and was uh, my rent was more than my mortgage in Minnesota. <laughs> and I'm going, what did I just do? Oops. Uh, <laughs> and we didn't make any money for a couple of years. It was tough. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, you, so you oh, so you went down there, and it was you and Jim doing Axo America. Yeah, and a guy yeah. named John Caper was okay. came from O'Neill too. He was a design guy at the yep. time, so that was kind of the three. And then we started to hire some sales reps, and you know that was first we were just going to do boots, and yeah. then it was a kidney belt, and yeah. then Remo made plastic stuff. So then it was a plastic glove, and then we need pants. We got to have pants, you yeah. know. And then you know, pretty soon we got the whole deal. So yeah, that. that uh, so was Jim okay with all this? Jim was fine, or. Jim who? Jim O'Neill. He was, like, okay with everything no, that was going no, on? No, no, he wasn't fine no, with that. No, no, okay. <laughs> no, 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 he wasn't fine yeah, with yeah, that. Right. He's a little little, little pissed, I imagine. Um, well, yeah, yeah, of course he would be. I mean, I get it, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, um, we weren't trying to do anything against him. We were just going, hey, it's an opportunity, so. Uh, Jim Hale, absolutely uh, a great guy. I, I've talked to him a couple times over the phone. Uh, we lost him way too soon. Um, right. Really an inventor guy. Uh, but he seemed like the nicest guy, Bob. Just a really, really nice guy in business. Whether you talk to the media guys, whether you talk to the, the riders like Bradshaw Stanton, you know, anybody who had to deal with him as he goes on and on with AXO and, and grows it. Uh, just seemed like a hell of a guy. Yeah, he was a good guy, a brilliant uh, marketing guy, yep. you know, and the guy, we used to always tease him, you know, you'd, okay, it's the weekend, and we'd go to Carlsbad all the time mm-hmm. and race, and uh, so I'd say, okay, Saturday night, see you later, we've ha- we've had our day at Carlsbad, Yep. and Monday he would come with, like, I don't know, like, did you sleep with your calculator? <laughs> I mean, he would have all these spreadsheets and stuff, yeah. and... And that was really even kind of before, you know, before the computer. I mean, computers were just starting to kind of happen because I remember we all bought Apple, you know, the Macs, the little square boxes. Like, (laughs) like, whoa, man, we are really space age now. (laughs) So I imagine. Yeah, he he loved the business for sure. So I imagine Axo started taking off with like Series 95 whenever they came out with that pant and jersey that was a cotton jersey with real cool colors was that kind of the start of when things started moving yeah the pants uh were a big thing we tried to make pants in california actually and it was just a nightmare <laughs> we had this guy and we had oh i can't even tell you we were measuring him because you were going how can you make you know 50 pairs of size 32 pants and they all fit different and uh and because Yoko was just deathly afraid right. to even make make pants, and this is before China or anything, right, so right. Um, we kept begging Yuha to, yeah, come on, make some pants. And we were like, oh, well, we got to do it in the back room at right. night and the right, right. lights off, because yeah, yeah. you know if anybody sees this. 
and uh, yeah, then we started. Once we got those, once we got those Yoko pants, we were taken off. And then once we had Cinesolo making our pants, yep. we really, really took off. But now, um, the, yeah. the Axo guy, uh, what was his name? Uh, the original owner, Remo Berlizzi. Remo was Remo with he was making the boots and the the kidney belts. I remember. Was he making gear over there at all, or no? There was no gear even over there in Europe. Not in the beginning. Okay, he yeah, was just yeah. making boots. Right. You know right. that was all he was doing, and and um, you know they weren't the best boots to be honest with you. But you know we just Jim. You know we yep. just had you know the marketing behind them and sold a ton of them, and they were. You know the inexpensive boots. I think we, you know, they were just barely over a hundred bucks, and we made an air boot, and yes. nobody wanted to wear it because it was that, so yeah. stiff and baggy. And then we had something called the Rinaldi because it named it after Remo's famous, our favorite <laughs> rider, who, who was a good guy, but yeah. you know that was. And then we had a Malher boot. Right, and, but, but you're uh, like, hey, man, Supercross is here. Nobody wants a Malher boot anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so this one that we sold the most of was called a Turbo, and it was just inexpensive, and it was pretty good. And yep. um, Yeah, we I just had, sold it. I had a Turbo sold boot. It. I had a Turbo boot as a Did youngster. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yep. Okay, so you're at Axel, things, Axel USA, you, Jim, and the other gentleman there, and things are rolling along. Um, mm-hmm. when, when do you start getting like a little bit of an itch to do Cinesalo stuff? How does that come along? Well, what happened originally is Yoko still couldn't really keep up with our demand or I, I don't remember exactly, but it was like, it, it was still a little weird Okay. and Fox was a big customer and O'Neill was a big customer and, yep. and, um, yeah, we, you know, they were nice to us when we'd go over there and stuff, but it was just still a little weird. So we said, Cinesalo had a guy in uh, Laguna, okay, um, Dave, what was his last name? I can't remember, but he wasn't a motocross guy at all. He could have been a model, you know, the guy oh, really? was good looking, and he was a runner. Okay. He was a runner, and he he's running Cinesalo, and he doesn't know... How really how does anything. he how does he ever get Cinesalo to USA? Like how does that even happen? Do you even know that story? Yeah, well the Cinesalo was if we back up um some more. Okay. Uh Cinesalo was just a really great factory. I mean, they could make anything. Um and they were making all the JT stuff, all the pants and gloves oh, they were. and I chest thought- protectors and they just were moving right along going this is just great. You know, we've got this giant customer in the U.S. and keeps us busy. I, I thought, and then John Gregory flew over there one day and said, hey, guys, i got some bad news for you. I'm yeah. moving my production to Mexico. Oh, see, I was and just going to ask you that. I thought they were all, JT was always made in Tijuana, but no. Okay, at some point John no. switches. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he switches because he's going to just save a bunch of money. And so Sinisalo caught them flat-footed they yeah, yeah. they had no other customer so they said well yeah our name is Cinesalo. we're just going to put Cinesalo <laughs> on the pants yeah, yeah and we're going after it it's... we got to hire riders so they sent their son over here to go you know to run yeah. Cinesalo usa and and i didn't know him but i guess he Moved to Laguna, got a big boat, and just had a party. And he and uh, I'd I'd heard that he had like 
beautiful girls working in yeah, the office. Yeah. All the riders wanted to go to Cinesol, and they started hiring everybody. And they hired Rick Johnson and Burnworth right. and yeah. uh, Jimmy White and Wardy. You know, then yep. uh, yeah, Wardy. And when we, you know, so when. So that all worked, but I guess this guy's spending so much money. Yeah. And Japan was on fire with Sinisalo at the time. They were just, like, selling so much stuff to Japan. And uh, I think, okay. how did it go? So so Dave, that was in Laguna, yeah. he Dave. was just hired. They had to, they had to export the, the sun back to Finland because he's <laughs> yeah. just breaking the bank. He had to go dry out and, probably. <laughs> yeah, he's got to go back to Finland. They can't have him in California anymore because he's yeah, just yeah. having way too much fun. Right. So um, this Dave guy is running the office, and we meet Dave. I, I forget exactly how, but we go, yep. yeah, we're competitors, but he's a right. super nice guy. And he goes, uh, we said, hey, could Sinisalo possibly make Axo pants? Well, let me talk to him. Yep. So he got a meeting for us, and so Dave and Jim and I flew to Finland to meet Heike okay. and uh, the it, banker. Is it Heike Sinisalo? Is that his last name? Is that what no, it is? Oh. No, no, okay. no. The Sinisalo family was out of there now. They okay. were right. like silent owners, but they pushed them all out. And okay. They had some ownership, yeah. but no, it's Heike Mikala, Mikala, Mikala from, uh, he was like an accountant, so okay. he's running the thing. Yep. And uh, production guy, and then there was a banker. I remember because we, <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. We went, we're having all this this meeting uh-huh. in the banker's office, and it's it's like uh, it's in the winter, so it's dark right. there all the time. You know, like it doesn't really get yeah, light. Yeah. And so we got this meeting going, and okay, now we take a sauna, a sauna <laughs> in your office, like <laughs> what? Ah, yeah, you know, everybody's, they got to have the sauna. Everybody's taking the sauna all the time. So we go, all us men are going in to have a sauna, you know, at lunch. You go, (laughs) okay, whatever. But out of that whole thing, we got uh, we got pant production is what we wanted, and those Sinisalo pants fit like none other. I mean, and, even with the yeah. Yoko, you always had that plumber's crack, and you know it right. just couldn't get them to stay up in the back. And Sinisalo, they just fit. So okay. and they were durable. And Remo was fine with this, like like yeah, he was fine yeah, with yeah, it. Just... He was fine with. He had Europe and we had the U.S. Yeah, and yeah. We had uh, we had the Japan market for pants, so Remo was making money on it. He was okay. He was fine with uh, it. I have many questions. Were Sinisalo and Yoko were they mortal enemies, or were they okay? Well, they weren't other? friends. They're yeah, like yeah. Uh, Ford and Chevy. You know, yeah, they yeah. Yep. they were both in Finland, but uh, Yoko was in near Helsinki or in the okay. south, and to go to Sinisalo. I mean, you needed a dog sled and some. I mean, it was so far up in northern Finland. You go, holy smokes, where am I going? So I learned some of that. So the early JTs were were Sinisalo pants. I did not know that. Yeah, they were all. And then when we got the Sinisalo, then we decided one step further. You know, we were young and we were on the gas. And so we thought we we can be GM. We'll sell. We got Axo as the Cadillac, and we're going to take this Cinesolo because they were struggling. Yeah, and we'll take it, and that'll be our Chevrolet. So we'll have we'll reposition sure. Cinesolo, and uh, we're going to market it differently. And but it kind of failed because the Cinesolo customers that 
they had are asking, where are those expensive pants? That's what we want. And we said, no. Yeah. We called it, there was a jet pant, it was called, and it was, you know, it was cheaper and it was really good quality. But they wanted the SCD pant, you know, the ones with the foam and all that stuff. And so that really didn't work as well. And, you know, you've seen all these companies over the years. You go, okay, here's Thor and Moose and yeah. Fox and Schiff. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. secondary brand is always a little brother, and it always will be. And they'll find out real soon. You go, to run the little brother takes just as much effort to run the big show. Yeah. So um, from a business perspective, you go, why don't we just run the big show? So Cinesalo, you know, that that was a challenge when we had it both under the same roof. Right. So uh, who made the AXO shiny pants, whatever series that was? I, I don't remember. The, was that a Cinesalo pant? Uh, that was a striped, it was called a striped tactile. It yeah. was a ST pant, and that was made in Finland. Then later, after I left, uh, Remo actually said, I can make pants. So I think, like, when they had those bulls, uh, the, like, the paint shot on yeah, there and the, stuff, yeah, yeah, bullet. I was no longer at right. AXO, but I think Remo was making pants in Italy at the time. Okay, so, yeah, because the... The late 80s Axo pants took a big step up, and Cinesalo I, 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 kind of stayed the same. I'm thinking of warty stuff, you know, basic stuff right? Yep. Um, and all that. And then, So that's why, as a child, Bob, I always wondered why Jeff Ward <laughs> wore Axo boots and Axo kidney belt with his Cinesalo stuff. And I'm like, those are competitors. How does that work? But not really at that time. No. No, right. that was a, that was when we were getting involved. Yeah. So we said, hey, Wardy, you got to do this. And and you got a I, I remember I drove to I'd never met Jeff Ward okay. and I had a Volkswagen and so I'm going to meet Jeff Ward today this is pretty exciting yeah yeah so uh, where do you live Wardy and this is before your phone could tell you turn right yeah. here and take a left here so I drive down there a car no air conditioner in the middle of the summer and Wardy's got a condo right uh Laguna Niguel and I find his place. I go, man, okay, I, you know, that's Jeff Ward. I knock yeah. on the door. I'm going to let him try on some kidney belts and see what he thinks. And mm -hmm. and we're going to get this, this Axo thing on him, and we're going to have Cinesol and Axo. Wardy opens the door like I was some, you know, selling some, I don't know. <laughs> he, he barely opened the door. Like, hi, hey, Wardy or Jeff? Yeah, yeah, I'm Bob. Yeah, okay. I called you earlier. I got, yeah, okay. Uh, okay, I hand them to him, and he, okay, thanks, I'll try them and call you, and <laughs> closes the door, and I was like, and you know, now I, I know yeah. Jeff, and yeah, I, I think Jeff was, uh, Jeff was a shy guy, you know, in those days, he, he wasn't, he, yeah. He wasn't Rick Johnson. You know, Rick right, Johnson right. would have brought you in and yeah, go, hey, yeah. let's play some drums. And I don't know what right. RJ would have done, but just, yeah. you know, I was just like, oh, man, I just drove three hours. <laughs> I would have at least liked to maybe take you to lunch or something. But Yeah, yeah. Um, who, but anyhow, yeah. he started wearing, wearing the belt then. Whose idea was it for the plastic kidney belt for that thing? That that whatever that was. That well, was. I think we were in Italy at the factory, and you know Jim's brain was always rolling, and he's going, "Man, you can mold injection this and that yeah. and the other thing." And so, what about a kidney belt with this? You know, like okay. And the first ones were like too hard, and yeah, then yeah. I don't know some other injection, and then they were too big, <laughs> and then the kids one really seemed to kind of work. And 
we would get the plastic here in California, and then we would have somebody paint on the axle, like oh, paint okay. the logo on there. Yeah. And then we we actually had uh, Answer Products was sewing the elastic on them and finishing them, and then we'd bring them back and bag them. Jeez. I mean, it was quite yeah. a production. But then uh, then we found a guy that could laser print the logos and that took a step out of there that was like we thought we were you know going to the moon on that one (laughs) and then eventually remo could do it all then suddenly he got a sewing machine and then they just came back but uh man we sold kidney belts we sold a lot of kidney yeah those things were pretty cool and pretty innovative for the time yeah absolutely um and omara omara wore one at indian dunes one you know, just to try it because Johnny was our buddy, and yeah. you know they're going wow. And then Eddie Cole called him and go, you can't, you can't yeah. be wearing this yeah, actual yeah. stuff. And, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And and Lachine, you know, Lachine, the dogger would always do stuff like that. So you know, he'd put one on and wear it at you know jump everything and practice at Anaheim, and and the shots would come out. Oh, there's Lachine with an axle belt on. So some of that stuff just helped us by default. But yeah. you know, Wardy wearing it and. Um, I think we had Larry Brooks was on a I, – I mean, we had belt contracts. Yeah, yeah, Mike yeah. Mike Fisher. Right, think about that, right? Yeah, just belt – kidney belt contacts or contracts. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the boot was all developed over in Italy by Remo, the boot that came yeah. through the different – Yeah, yeah everything. Yeah. Remo, we, we right. didn't really touch much of that at, in those days. Remo did it. What, what's a guy like Wardy pulling down from Cinesalo back then? At the you know eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight, that type of that type of what's, what's he pulling down? Uh, probably forty five yeah, something yeah. in there, Somewhere which was there. Uh, probably a pretty big salary at the time for yeah. for clothes yeah. for pant and, and jersey. And that's coming. That money coming from Finland though. That's not coming from you guys. Yeah, but surprisingly, I mean, when we got Cinesalo, it opened up a whole nother mess <laughs> that we had no idea because they owed Rick Johnson money. They owed oh, Jimmy they? White. Jimmy White still busts my chops on that <laughs> to this day because he goes, you owe me. And I go, hey, listen, I, I didn't make that contract. Yeah. And and the only guy that was still wearing it was, Cine- was uh, Wardy. Yeah. That was and we're it. going... Pay this guy. Yeah. You know, you owe him for like three years, and he's still wearing your stuff. <laughs> pay him. Oh, that's funny. So, um, yeah, so they ended up paying him, but, like, I think there were a lot of guys that Wardy was Wardy was the only guy still wearing yeah. it, but, um, yeah, they, weren't, they stopped paying people. So you're coming to a fork in the road here, Bob, where you – Axel stuff's taken off. You know, Jim's the, the – the, the mad inventor your you guys are booming business a little bit and somewhere along in this fork you take Cinesalo, jim takes axo how does that happen uh why does it happen and, and what, what goes on behind that decision um i don't know without <laughs> getting into all of it i mean we had we had got renthal from uh yep. alan greenwood knobby shop international we had acquired that um, we had started mechanics where uh, there was a lot going on and and you know just things happen and change oh, so, and it was so, probably so, just time so you, for you, me to you and Jim butted heads a little bit is what what I'm taking out of this yeah I guess yeah. A, a little bit well yep. yeah just kind of you know it was just kind of time you right, know it just right. things things were changing so anyhow 
Um, and Sinisalo wasn't really fitting into the picture anymore. Sure. And I guess I wasn't probably fitting into the picture anymore. <laughs> so it, it just seemed like a good deal to put us both on the tracks and right. off we go. Was so. it was it at least friendly as far as that goes? Like, hey, I'm gonna get, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do Sinisalo. I, I mean, it, it was it was okay. I mean, we then it was kind of weird because um, you know we were a little bit. Um, uh, competitors, I yeah, guess. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I yeah. kind of felt that a little bit because, uh, you know, obviously we'd worked together for a decade, so uh, you know, all of a sudden we're right. We're fighting over the same uh, you, same uh, toy. Yeah. Should have said to Jim, "Look, I'll go. I'll leave, Jim. I'll I'll, I'll leave. I'll grab Cinnasol and I'll go. But I need ten percent of mechanics wear. I just need. 10% yeah, you Jim. know, you sh- should have bought Apple at the same yeah. time, Steve. So. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, yeah. So. So now you're Cinesalo. Uh uh-huh. Are you up in Valencia? When do you go to Valencia, and why do you end up in Valencia, Axo and, uh, and all that? Because when we started looking for, you know, when I moved to the Valley yep. in whatever year, 84, um, you know, Valencia was like Cowtown. There was nothing here. Okay. It, and, yeah. but, but real estate, commercial, was cheap. So it's about a 35, 40-minute drive. And it's new and cheap, and that's why we moved up here. And then oh, okay. yep. I just stayed, I think, in 86 or 8, no, probably 88. I bought a house up here. Uh, I mean, you've been here, I yeah. guess. It's, yeah. it's you know, there's not um, whales swimming by. It's not the <laughs> beach or anything, but it's a good community. Yeah. It's, it's pretty nice. big now, but, uh, right. yeah, a lot of guys are up here, um, or we're up here. So you're the Cinesalo USA guy now, and I just, by the way, maybe I could be biased because I had like three pairs of them, but that SCD <laughs> pant, the one with the foam on the front, uh, yep. is an incredible pant. It was it was an amazing pant. It fits so good. I was a Cinesalo rider because the guys, and I was up in Canada, and I was a, 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 whatever you'd call a decent rider. The guys from Aurora uh-huh. Cycle Supply offered me oh, a yeah. sponsorship. Chris and uh, Dennis James, and Dennis and Stewart. Yeah. I, oh, was it yeah. not Chris? It was Dennis and Stewart? Okay. Well, yeah. Well, Stewart and Dennis are brothers. Dennis. Ah, then I, Dennis then, was a pretty good racer. Dennis yes, James. Dennis James. Then I'm getting I'm getting Chris mixed up with Stu. So okay. So Stewart. So Dennis James, yeah. anyways, gets me a sponsorship. I was a JT guy forever, and I love JT. And then it got kind of pricey up in Canada, and I wanted something else. And somehow I I met Dennis James. I didn't really want to wear Cinesalo. I thought it was like an older vet guy stuff. I didn't want to wear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, dude, he got me some of that SCD stuff, and <laughs> it was great. It was an incredible pant. I don't know. Did you see Did you see great success from that? Oh, yeah. Okay. You couldn't wear those things out, and they fit great. Dude, and uh, yeah. yeah, they were just incredible. And, you know, it, it kind of was. I mean, at the time now, I'm getting older, mm-hmm. and I'm doing all the vet racing, and I got Rocket Rex, who was, you know, multi-time yeah. uh, vet guy. And when you went to the vet nationals, it was a Cinesalo show, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just because, I mean, they fit so good, and you didn't have to worry about, like, if you see fox pants in those days and you see a guy walking around the pants are brand new but the knees are all gone yeah. you know the inside of the knees would just be gone the knee braces would tear them out and 
But, you know, those pants in those days, that was $189. I don't think there's a pant on the market today probably oh, was because it? Was thanks, it really? yeah. thanks to yeah. China, yeah, yeah. you know, and Fox went to China, just dropped the price of pants. So, okay, so those were expensive for the day. I don't. I have no idea. I don't remember. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were so. super expensive. We had a $40 glove, too, that Stanton wore, the air glove. Yeah. We sold the – we sold – Tons of those. Did you, Kehoe used to call them an oven mitten. He didn't like them. <laughs> Did you have much say? So now you're running Cinecella USA, and yep. you know it's a huge market. America obviously is a huge market. Do you have much say in product lines, colors? Are the Cinecella people sending you stuff for opinions, that type of stuff? How much influence and sway do you have? Oh, we had 95% of the influence because oh, okay. we had a whole design department and oh, yeah we did all the designs we did like when we had uh yamaha troy or first it was honda troy we did the semi the right. we did everything oh yeah okay. we, we did the gear the you know yep yeah so okay so also and then we'd we'd send patterns and all the films and stuff over to the factory and they'd send us samples and then we'd right. tweak it and then that's the way we did so who came up with scd pant who came up with that idea and the fitment and all well, the scd pant i i guess to go back they had that name mm -hmm. so we they had it when when Jim and I went over there way back when, and that's what the customer wanted. So we just stayed with that SCD pant because okay. people knew it, and then we just redesigned it. We yeah. redesigned the foam and the colors, and you know the knee, yeah. And uh, it just it just stayed. And then we had a FCX pant. I think like McGrath liked. McGrath wore the SED pant, but he always said it was a little bit, like it was too heavy. much. Yeah, it, it was, was kind of warm. Right, right. Kind of heavy and warm, so he didn't like that fabric. It was a Cordura. Mm -hmm. He wanted uh, more of the, like, regular nylon. So we developed this other pant, and, and Wardy, Wardy didn't really like the SED pant either. Uh, he, and Wardy was a creature of habit. You know, you'd have to, I, I'd have to steal his boots when he was at the riders meeting so he'd wear the new ones because he would just keep wearing the same yeah, stuff yeah. he'd go you're jeff ward you know some guys you you know they want new boots every week and they're they're not very good and jeff ward is one of the premier guys and and he's wearing boots with holes in them because he just thought they fit better you know they're comfortable <laughs> um that scd so, that acd pant with the foam on the front was uh was next level i loved it like i said i had three yeah. three two or three pairs of that stuff and it never wore out they fit great and uh still to my to one of my favorites today for sure when i think about gear um yeah those are great uh, how are you how are you back in all this are you did you have to start you had to start a new business you had a new distributorship and all that did you have to borrow money from family friends did you have enough to get going did Cinesalo front you a little bit this had to be a big step for you yeah it was a big step i had a little money and uh, fortunately i got credit from these yep. factories you know you they'd give me some terms and you know mm -hmm. the trick was get it sell it pay them do it again yeah you know? yeah, and yeah yeah so just keep keep turning it do you do you have so, do you have any old tennisello stuff still to this day i have some you know yeah, i've yeah. got uh some stuff that i've kept i i had a bunch of it and i've i i had so much in fact i offered it to the guy that bought greg prim's oh yeah whole deal because yeah. i go the, i got the lipstick for the for your but you know he he wasn't too interested oh, in it yeah. so Anyhow, yeah, I, I do have some stuff, and I gave some stuff to Greg because I was thinking, you know, Greg's museum was just 
yeah. killer. And, and I thought, you know, unfortunately, you know, he just kind of, it just got too much for him. But I was hoping that he could kind of be the caretaker of our history of our sport because it was really cool what he had going there. Yeah, the jet pants. I had a set of jet pants, too. I remember that uh, as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a big big step for you, and uh, and the stuff's moving, though, and it's selling. It's doing well, right? Like, are you are you having yeah. good success around this time? Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, we, we weren't AXO or Fox, but right. – and what we were doing here, you know, helped, helped the rest of the world. When we had McGrath – for example, and he starts doing knack-knacks and winning everything. And, and, you know, he was an axle rider, but Jim didn't really want him. He goes, ah, I've got Bradshaw and Stanton, and, uh, you know, you can have them. Yeah, how do you – well, was my next question. I'll take them. Yeah, how do you find Jeremy? Is that how it goes? You you obviously know who he is, but at this point you're – you know, will you put a bid in for him or everybody else? Or? Well, I knew him because I hired him kind of when he was, uh, you know, when even before he was split fire. You know, I remember going to Golden State and we were we were racing and he was Team Green Rider. And I remember between motos because there was a, or after practice, I took him to our shop and got him a bunch of gear and brought him back to the track. Oh, okay. So that was before the whole, you know, pro circuit split fire yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I knew the McGraths, and I, you know, I, I like Jack and Ann as mom and dad, and Tracy mm-hmm. is. I, I mean, I knew the whole crew. So, right. so when this was all going down, um, you know, of course I said, hey, if you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be glad to hire you. Wardy was going to retire. Uh, I got a little money. Um, let's talk. Yeah. And so, so we hired him. And wow. we had a two-year deal, and I think it could have went forward. But then, yeah. you know, Honda wanted to reel in their logo, and it was a big deal. And and they were fighting, um, fighting. Uh, I think Fox and uh, who else was? The, who, I think Steve Lampson might have been Yoko, and yeah. Doug Henry was Fox. And they wouldn't put any of the one eight hundred collect stuff on their pants and. Uh, the wing on the jersey and so i thought i'm going to get this honda deal with jeremy but in the end um even though they fought with fox for two years uh they took fox yeah fox and jeremy jeremy had to go to fox right fox was freaking out about this stuff making the biggest noise about it and then all of a sudden fox had yamaha and honda and it was like yeah we got these guys i know i'm with you yeah pete Pete still yeah, Jeff about Fox even called me and said, "Why are you working with Honda? Don't do this." Yeah. Because, and I go, "Well, you know, I, I hear you, but you know, I don't want to fight with Honda. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to make friends, not enemies." And he goes, "Well, we're paying the clothing deal. You know, they, they want to take our, you know, they wanted the chest because they wanted the big Honda wing with H O N D A on it." Mm-hmm. And those guys were fighting it, going, no way. We're not giving up that real estate. It's going to say Fox on it. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Big uh, big drama behind the scenes in our sport around that time. Oh, it was a big deal. And, you know, I'm friends with Dave Arnold, who was a team manager at the time, and and he's go, he's kind of walking me through it, going, I think you should just cooperate with these guys, and it'll be better for you in the end. And it wasn't his fault, but right. it wasn't his decision either, and yeah, it didn't yeah. work for me. Right. I was a nice guy, and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Bob Rathcamp. Uh, please uh, check us out on the uh, 
on the archives and download it. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Flyracing.com, of course. Uh, Justin Brayton wearing Fly Racing. Zach Osborne, speaking of Garnet Boots, uh, wearing Fly Racing out there. Uh, the latest and greatest from the folks at Fly. Please go back and check them out. They got a lot of good stuff. 2021 line is deeper than ever before. And I want to thank the folks at Maxis Tires, of course. Renthal Bars, speaking of Renthal Bars. Cobalt Links and Motorsport all on board with us on this podcast, of course, as well. Uh, so thanks to those companies for, for jumping on board. Um, so you get Jeremy in 93, Bob, and uh-huh. like he's just, I mean, he's good. He's a two-time 125 Supercross champion. He's good, but dude, when he's reeling off 250 Supercross wins, you guys got to be rubbing your hands together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we were in Orlando because they used to start them in Orlando, yeah. uh, coincidentally. And I remember he he's gonna win, and he pulls that. That was the first place he throws that knack knack, and everybody thought, "Whoa!" The crowd like, "What is he doing there?" And we go, "Can I mean, he he just put them all down, all the big boys." And uh, it just continued. Yeah. You just go, wow, this guy has something else. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was fun. Yeah. A lot of fun for us. Oh, yeah. You had some cool purple stuff. He ran purple a lot on yep. that. You know, purple, red, orange, uh, or yellow, I should yep. say. Yeah. It was a good look. It was good. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, that was fun. You still got some of his jerseys around or pants? I do. Nice. Good. Keep on. Keep that. You know what? I think I've heard on eBay and stuff the most desired and you probably the money that you'll get if you got one bob Hanna and jeremy mcgrath yeah those two guys i mean and you know in those days i think i made 150 jerseys you know because you had to sublimate them and do it yeah. to, to really give the pro guy the not not the silk screen that just felt like you you know you put it on there with some you know outdoor paintbrush so we'd do them all at once and print 150 jerseys that has to last a year. Yep. Now these guys get like a dozen jerseys a week. Yeah. So, sure. so I guess by virtue of that, there just aren't as many of those around. The original ones, those old Cinesala ones, when you think, okay, yeah. we had them for two years, so there's 300 jerseys that went worldwide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? I, I saw on eBay a little while ago, very rare. I almost bought it. It was a lot of money, though, but... Uh, a Cinesalo McGrath number 82 jersey from the GP, from oh, wow. uh, the Bud's Creek GP, which was, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, okay. you know, however many of those are left in the world, right? So Yeah, we probably made him five jerseys for the weekend, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that, yep. that, yep. he did a couple of those one-off races where he'd have to have some number. I think he did a couple GPs, maybe some Japan race. Yeah, You yeah. know, they used to have the Tokyo Supercross, although he would be number one over there. but yeah. Um, um, yeah. So you got Wardy in 92. You got the kid in 93. Are sales, are sales also trending upward like Jeremy? Like, are you seeing a direct massive increase in sales because of MC? Worldwide, he just, yeah, yeah. He, he, he took, he took us worldwide. Like South America, for example, I never saw orders that big from Venezuela, which now they probably don't even buy anything, but we had distributors there and Chile, Argentina, and and every other week there was some guy standing by the door. You go, uh, there's some guy from South America here to talk to you. And they'd have like a briefcase full of cash. And I go, man, <laughs> as much as I'd like to sell you stuff, we've got a guy in yeah. Chile. Yeah. Or we, yeah. You know, and you can't just, you right. can't just, 
you know, it's just it's short term if you do yeah, that. Yeah. But these guys are just like, I need uh, McGrath stuff. And, <laughs> You're like, well, yeah. you got distributors. Here's your local distributors. Nice. Yeah. Um, in, in the yeah. U.S., it was still, you know, Fox. Even though Fox at the time, they didn't have, you know, they were a powerhouse with riders. And then they went to, like, Doug Henry was their best guy on a 125. And that was about all they had. And then, I don't know, then they ramped up again when Honda gave them the contract. And then, you know, then they took that and they got Yamaha. You know, they had they had a bunch of riders again. And then it was hard, you know. It was hard for us to get in. And we went, okay, this is going to be a bad hangover. We just had Jeremy McGrath, and no offense to Greg Schnell, but yeah. he was our guy yeah. the following year because I thought, all these guys are calling me, and I go, no, we're yeah, going to hire yeah. Jeremy again. Right, right. And it didn't happen. And so we go, okay, Greg Schnell, you got to do miracles. Yeah, and yeah. Greg's a great guy. Yeah. And it wasn't his fault. I mean, we would have hired him anyhow. He was, you know, we had guys like that, but we always said we, we went from Jeremy McGrath to Greg Schnell, and we lived through it. But now we got to do something, and Fox has got the hen house you know, yeah. down. So we, Phil Alderton, can we talk? Yeah. And it was Honda Troy, and here's what we'll do for you. We'll pay you, and we'll do all your designs, and we're going to do this and this. And he was very open-minded to it, and that's where we went. And then yeah. that team became a winning team, too. And then I had problems because guess what? Now I got too big a bids. Fox wants it. You know, right, right. They want, they yeah. want it. Thor wants it. Yeah. In the beginning, nobody wanted it. Yeah, yeah. But you're, it's, you're like, hey, flipper, like, flipper, flipper. Remember when I came calling with all this money and support? Yeah, well, <laughs> and he was cool. He yeah, goes, yeah. hey, here's X amount of dollars. If you even get close, but it was, you know, double of what I was paying, and I just didn't have, yep. you know, I just didn't have the funds, and so. It's still, it's always about that. It's about money, you know. Like who, who's got the wallet? Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. The 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 big fish swallows the small one, right? It happens a lot. Um, are you? And without getting into, you can get into as much details as you want. Um, so you're Cinecella USA. You're designing the pant. You know, Cinecella over in Finland's making it for you. You're 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 selling gangbusters. You know, you got you got the Supercross champion. All this stuff. How much are you paying Cinecello Finland, or how does that even work? Because are they screaming and yelling and want a certain cut? I don't even know how that goes down. I feel like you're well. The way you know. the way we negotiated that is we handled the U.S. and there were certain things that you know, like uh, hey, do you have a guy in Guatemala? No, you can have that. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, so yeah. so basically, we had all of North and South America was our territory. Okay. So they sold us product. They sold us product. Mm -hmm. They made money selling us product. And then they made money on this, probably yeah. a, a bigger margin than the rest of the world. Yeah, so yeah. they had all of Europe and they had all of Japan. And, uh, you know, we weren't involved. We weren't commissioned on any of that stuff. So that's how that worked. Right. We didn't pay them. Right. But we were the, we were the caretakers, really, of the brand. I mean, we, we did all the designs and we were the, we were the fuel for the, you know, to get yeah, you down the road, really. Absolutely. No, for sure. That's why I'm thinking, like, how do you work that out financially? And it sounds like they did a pretty good job on their end because they're also making money on the product that they're selling you. So, Well, they were smart yeah. enough to know that they needed somebody to design right. the stuff. And I think uh, 
we proved ourselves. I mean, the stuff was selling, and people are going, wow. And when they'd go to a trade show in Milan or Cologne and show the new collection, as we that's the way we used to always do it, and you're writing big orders, you know somebody's doing something right. So you got you got Honda Troy. You lost the Honda deal. You lost Jeremy. You got Honda Troy, though. Um, what's, what, what starts the breakup with you and Sinisalo? How does that go south? Because if I remember my in my head correctly, like, 97, 98, still Sinisalo doing well, and then after that kind of dropped off. Yeah, well, Sinisalo Finland hired a, a Dutch guy that um, was kind of their salesman. He became their sales manager, and he was difficult. He would, he would come over here and go to Anaheim and walk around and go, Bob, we need more hats. We need tennis shoes. We need <laughs> – and I, I go, we don't. I, I mean, you, you got to earn that stuff. It's you know, it you don't just make a hat and then people go, oh, you, yeah, I'll take a thousand of those. I mean, f- when you walk around at a race and you see Fox and Alpine Star and stuff, I mean, it's a big brand and that's yeah. why they can sell that stuff. It's not like, you know, I don't want to pick on anybody. Wolf Sport, you know, it's yeah. not because they don't have hats. Yeah, yeah. It just <laughs> it's not desired, right? Right. So I said, easy, big fella. You know, we we've got hats, but you got to keep building, and over time, your brand gets, you know, a reputation or or a a, a demand, and that's that's what we do. But he went around me, and he's making all this stuff, and that you know, if okay. I'm if you're a hat guy. You're very specific about the way it yeah, fits and right. stuff, and he's making them in Pakistan and stuff. And I go, don't do that, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. And so that started it, and then the 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 real end of it was that same guy signed up uh, somebody north of the border, um, Kim Pex, uh-huh. in Canada in Quebec, yeah, and didn't talk to me about it, and didn't. Oh even, yeah, and you're like, even wait, ask North, me, North America and South America. And I'm going, right. well, wait a minute. I'm selling to Aurora, and they were Fox, and you know, I know, I, I love the James guys. I mean, th- those are yep. we had a lot of fun yep. uh, with Dennis and Stewart. And anyhow, Fox put the pressure on them, and I had to, I had to kind of get out of there. And then I had a couple small distributors, and I was working on it. But you know, Canada, there's not a lot of, you know. The big guys up there, so so uh, somehow they met the guys from Kimpex at a show and signed them up. And the guys from Kimpex said, "We we know Pro Circuit. We're a distributor. We're gonna we're gonna get Cinesolo on their team next year. Oh, we're in the snowmobile market. Yep, we'll make snowmobile suits. And they're 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 believing all this stuff. And I go, oh yeah. So Mitch is going to leave AXO and, yeah. and wear Cinesolo next year. Is that it? Yeah. Kim, Kim Peck said they can get that done. I go, oh really? Okay. So yeah. that was the beginning of the end. And I started yeah. telling my big customers, I go, listen, yeah. I put the fuel in the tank on this one. I'm going to still sell it until it quits selling, but I'm done. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm not yeah. designing anything and I'm not spending money on it anymore. And so I just, I let it go for, and they're asking me, hey, can you you send us new glove designs? And no, why don't you ask Kimpex to do that? Is wow. what, kind so, of my reply. So it's crazy. So that then eventually that was just done, and I gave them the keys to the car back and said, here, have a nice life. And at the time, 
I had been about two years into Garnet, and so in my mind, I was going, okay. Yeah. You know, I took we took Garnet on, and we said we need a boot. It's yeah. a really great boot because I sold against them for years yeah. at Axel, and I knew Garnet is a better boot than Axel. It's a great. I, I knew the quality, and I just go there marketing, and they did. They just they need help. I mean, they had a cow on their boot on the boot box. That's how bad it was. You know, like they. <laughs> They needed help. So, and I knew there was a boot in there that was, you know, priced right, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic, and it was called an RX Pro, and we sold a ton of those. So I thought, I got Cinesolo. Yep. We need a boot. Yep. The lights are on. Uh, we got a warehouse. Let's bring some boots in. And then when this whole Cinesolo deal fell apart, I go, okay, we got to get more serious about the boots, yep. and we got to go after it. And I'm going to give it a year, and I'm going to put everything I got into it to see if we can live on just Garnet. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when we started designing. We hired Larocco and started designing a boot with a pivot and to compete in the premium, you know, really compete yeah. in the premium with the product. Because at Axo, and I never liked this, when we'd get a really good rider or something and they'd complain about the boots, We'd make them special boots. Yeah, yeah. And it looked like the boots that you could buy, yeah. but it wasn't at yeah. all like the boot. And I said, that's a dirty deal. I don't <laughs> like that. And I said, at Garnet, we're never going to do that. I mean, we're going to pull the same boot out of our stock for Zach as we would for Steve. Yeah. It's just got to be that way. And so that's something. I mean, there's been occasion, like Christopher Gossler, for example. I mean, he was wearing... I think a size 10 boot because his toes were so jacked up. And I go, what are you doing? You're like a size 8. And he goes, oh, I have to because it rubs the skin. You know, so we made him a custom form boot. But as far as putting in additional ankle protection, using better leather, uh, stiffer shank, I mean, that's... That's stuff we used to do, which I never liked. Uh, those, and, uh, uh, and I can speak. We for don't ex- do here. I can speak for experience. The Axo RC boot f- flopped over like a like a slipper after a little yeah. while. <laughs> I think. Yeah, uh, but the ones like Bradshaw and Stantonor, those were those were different. Yeah, those were a little different than those ones, right? Because those ones were yep. not the greatest. I remember that. Um, it's crazy to me, though, Bob, and I see this in the industry a lot because you you know you see the latest and greatest person come in with some big ideas and then, you know, it doesn't work out and they don't really understand relationships in the business. Like why is, why would the Sinisalo people back in Finland, um, you know, hire, they have this Dutch guy and, and cool, like awesome. New ideas are good. A new fresh set of eyeballs sometimes can really help out. But you know, you've got this Bob guy in Valencia and he's done nothing but great things for the brand. And, you know, wh- wh- why, why are you, why are you crapping on the guy in USA that's been, you know, in business for, you know, 15 years at this point. It's just so bizarre to me that companies work like that. Yeah. Yeah. I ask myself that a lot, too, Steve. <laughs> you know, that guy, I, I I can get along with, like, anybody in the world, but we butted heads, and he was just always like, you know, like the thing with the hats. And, and uh, he came here one time, and he wanted to make, like, a Vans tennis shoe. And I go, let's not take our eye off the ball. Our Sinisalo is pants and gloves, and, you know, jerseys go along with it. 
let's just make some really good stuff. And we had a chest protector that a Cherbys was making for us. It was yeah. all really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, he wants to make some tennis shoes because he found some guy that'll make them for three bucks. And I go, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, we're not. We're not Fox, okay? Right. I mean, Fox has got a big brand, and and then he would take my sales guys out for you know. One time I remember they went out for dinner and and uh, and my rep you know has a few beers in him and he goes I could sell a ton of those and I go <laughs> okay now now right. here's the other problem with that so so my rep probably could have sold a bunch of them because a dealer has some trust in us that when we say this is going to sell yeah. he goes okay you've never steered me wrong you load him up with a bunch of pakistan hats and some tennis shoes and he goes these don't sell yeah yeah you can get one order on them can you take yeah, them yeah, back yeah. and it's just a mess yeah. you know it's it's not my style right. so so when i'd say no that would kind of tick him off i suppose and he's going this guy yeah. just doesn't want to grow yeah yeah no it's not that i don't want to grow you just need to grow properly so I'm, I'm guessing you know you've done this garnet thing for for 15 years or whatever it is you said 20 years um you you've had chances to add other things to your distributor line and you haven't your garnet uh you feel burnt by the industry a little bit in some areas like you're happy with garnet obviously it's a great partnership it's a great product uh but i i, I imagine you've thought about distributing something else and just haven't haven't done it yeah, I, I mean when I when I got away from Cinesolo, I got all kinds of in opportunities, and <laughs> you know, and you just go, it's it's not that easy, you know. You yep. can't just take a brand. I mean, you you got to build a brand, and to build a brand is, uh, um, you know, it's it's a lot of work, and it's a it takes some money, and it, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to. Uh, I don't know how to explain that. Yeah, it's just, just uh, right. It, it's just, it's just tough. And and you know, it was flattering that I get all these guys go, hey, listen, right. you know, I'll I'll give you a ten year, a twenty year contract with our brand, and you you can run it. And you right. go, well, okay. <laughs> and then I guess I kind of got a little like, okay, if you're that interested, here's what it's going to cost. Yeah. You know, because you really need a whole design. Re, you know, recreate yeah. or do, yeah. you know, frankly, some of it, it probably would have been easier to just start a new brand. Right, right. But I did try to buy, um, what was it called? Alloy, I think it oh, was. Yeah. Yeah. It was short-lived, but I wanted, it, it was all done. Like, it had the trademark, it had the, you know, it had a website, it had, right. and I could, I could have took that, and I guarantee I would have, made money the first year with it because i i kind of knew how to do it right and right. and they were like the guys that bought white brothers had it and they kind of put it in the drawer and and i go well let's talk no what are you going to do with it they yeah. said yeah yeah <laughs> well what do you think i'm going to yeah, do yeah. with it right and, exactly Oh, okay. So I don't know. I tried a little bit, and then I just kind of got busy with the with the Garnet. And yeah, there's there's been some opportunities of distribution mm-hmm. and some things, but I don't know. You're uh, you're I didn't, yeah, didn't you're, do it. You're fortunate. You you have you have a great relationship with everybody back in Italy with Garnet. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's good. Um, yeah, it's and you're also fortunate. It's a great product. It, it really is. You know what I mean? It, it really is. And you know what? I think um, well, on my first visit there, 
Um, the gentleman that owns it, I mean, that was 20-some years ago. He's, he's in his 80s, and uh, he is a technician. He may not know who every rider is on the planet, but he's a gentleman, and he's honest, and he really is proud about or you know his, yeah. his product his mm-hmm. quality so he says to me bring me the number one selling boot in the u.s when you come yeah and i probably shouldn't say the name but it 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 was it was the number one selling boot at the time and it was 129 bucks and i'm a salesman you know i want yeah. to sell i want to sell a lot of something and so I was like, okay, if we can get close to this with that quality. So we immediately went in the back, and he took this giant bandsaw and cut the thing in half, like <laughs> just cut it in half. And he's looking at it, and he said to me, he goes, I would never put my name on this junk. Really? I, yeah. I could have cried. Yeah. I was like, really? I was thinking we were going to sell some boots. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> And it was then I realized, though, that you know we need to we need to focus on the high end. And you know what? That was a good lesson for me because no matter what you're doing, you can never be the cheapest guy because somebody else has always got it figured out that you can be, they can be cheaper. Whether mm-hmm. it's a helmet, a pair of gloves, yeah. a goggle, and you you get what you pay for. And you know you don't make any money. And I mean, I, I've been like helmets, for example. I I was offered helmets so many times, and I go, I wouldn't wear this. I I couldn't consciously sell this yeah. product to kids <laughs> that are racing motocross because they're gonna get hurt. Right. But somebody will. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody will. They yeah, don't yeah. care. No, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Cinesalo's still around, right? No, I think it, it went bankrupt and. Oh, did uh, they? Okay. Uh, uh, some sporting goods, something bought the trademark, and I don't okay. know. Last time I looked, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I, these designs and what they're trying to do." And right. I think the factory closed, and you know, I don't know. I haven't talked to those guys in years. Right. Heike and I had a pretty heated last meeting at Indianapolis trade show, and it was oh, kind of really? out in the corridors. Yeah, I remember yeah. Bob Maynard from Thor walked by, and he's like, oh, boy, I don't think <laughs> I want to say hi to you guys right now. Yeah, wow, okay. Yeah, because I thought I remember say, I said that because I thought I thought I saw something maybe a year or two ago that, you know, that, but, yeah, a different company. I thought it was still Cinecell. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. Right. I think, I mean... God, nope, the, uh, I don't think so. Between Yoko and Cinesalo, there were a lot of motorcycle pants made over oh, there. Oh, man. <laughs> and know? Yoko made a comeback. Yoko yeah, sponsors yeah. the factory Husky, Husky guys. Team, yeah. And I don't know who's behind it, but I, I don't think it's made in Helsinki anymore. I, I think it's probably made in China. Can't see it being made in Helsinki, right? No way. Yeah, I can't see that. No. Um, well, man, what a cool uh, what a cool journey you've had in the industry, huh? pretty neat yeah it's it's when i when i look back steve i mean really uh, um you know jim and i in those early years i i will say uh, i don't think two people could have had as much fun as we did because yeah. we we went to all these factories and we go to the japan supercross and we yeah, yeah. you know we would r- still race and uh i mean we'd go to europe and i, I mean it was it was it was a blast when he passed away were you guys on good terms yeah, we yeah. 
didn't see each other like we used to. I right, mean, he right. lived in Vegas, but yeah, we yeah. we were friendly and good. occasional dinner here or there, and yeah, it, it was fine. Good, yeah, no, that's good, right? You always you always want that to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And uh, uh, yeah, so what's next for you? Just Garnet and that's it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll come and work at Pulp MX. You know, maybe you <laughs> no. need somebody to hold a light or something. Listen, I don't. You, I don't know. You, you know, can, I'm getting old, Steve. You can design something like the SCD foam biofoam pant. Uh, I'll, I'll hire you because that thing, as I said, <laughs> I, was, I, I love that pant. I absolutely loved it. Um, well, so. thanks. Yeah, that that was a. Uh, that was one of a kind, and people did try to copy it and stuff. One time, Jim and I were, well, we were, you know, the the advent of the Asian-made stuff was starting to happen, and I think we went to Hong Kong, and then we weren't in China. I, I want to say we were in, we might have been in Taiwan or somewhere. We, we were somewhere over there, yep. and we because we were going to go look at some glove manufacturers. And it was like, we get in this cab, and we're driving like, where are we going? It looks like we're going into some residential place. And there was a, it looked like a big apartment building, you know, like Uh five, six stories. And we go in, and it's just a complete mess. And we had to take the stairs, like, up to the third third floor. And this guy, this agent, is taking us there Uh to show us the glove manufacturing and lo and behold, here's Cinesolo SED pants being made. We're oh. like, whoa, what's this? And he was like, whoops. Oops. You know, like that yeah, yeah. shouldn't have. Uh, 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 uh. And, you know, there was a gray market guy that was taking all this stuff to Japan. He would knock anybody off. And they always said, he's Japan Mafia. You can't yeah, mess yeah. with this guy. Yeah. And we'd see him at the trade shows and stuff, and he'd always have an entourage, and he's carrying this briefcase and and uh, they said, don't don't mess with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was knocking off SED pants in this factory that we were oh, at. And we're shit. like, oh, my God, we don't want to do any business with this guy. He's a crook. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was kind of short-lived. But I'll never forget that. We were like, um, wait a minute. Heike, do you know that they're making yeah, yeah. Cinesolo pants? Or No, no, we don't make anything over there. Well, they're making them. We saw it. We saw it. Yeah, they're making them. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. The, also, um, Cinesolo's under... Cinesalo's under chest protector was ahead of its time, too. Like, you look at the Cinesalo... You look at the Alpine Star A1 or the Revel from the folks at Fly. Yeah. And that yep. Cinesalo thing was kind of like that. It was a plastic chest only, wear it under a jersey type of stuff when, right. when nobody was doing that you know so yeah, yeah if you look back i mean actually i have to give jt the credit i think they they actually made the first version of that oh, and i they? think yep. hannah might hannah might have wore it before before it came on the outside and we had a kids one that we would sell thousands of oh, like okay. that yeah, yeah. just a little little kids one because it fit and even to this day, I think if you could go get the tooling, or I don't know, I mean, they had all that stuff at Finland, and just modernize it, I think guys would like that, because that foam stuff kind of sweats on you. This this yeah. was lifted off your skin a little, because you had the foam on the exterior, right. and... You know, the some of those first foam ones, man, you'd wear them on a hot day and you're yeah. just sweating. Okay, it it kills the roost a little bit. And I think, I think frankly, you could put a little, and I think you should 
put a little shoulder protection in there too. These these ones that these guys are wearing now, there's nothing there. You no. fall on your shoulder, yep. you know. Um, and I'll tell you from experience, I I did crash one day um, when I was still riding years ago, and uh, I hit my shoulder so hard, and I swear that 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 little bit of cushion saved it because I I mean it hurt a little bit, but I didn't separate it or yeah, anything, yeah. and and yeah. I. But, you know, those guys don't want to wear it. I remember Bradshaw used to say, can we make a tear-off chest protector? I just need it for the whole shot, and then I'd like to get rid of it. <laughs> can you imagine yeah, yeah. 20 guys throwing a chest protector off like tear-offs yeah, yeah, on yeah. the goggle? Yeah, I know. Really, right? Um, yeah. What was the what was the best-selling thing you had at Cinecella? What, what, I mean, the glove? Uh, the kidney belt? Uh, oh, that's Axel one. Uh, the- it had to be the... It had to be the SCD pants, yeah, and yeah. then yeah. and then probably gloves, and of course, you know, jerseys right. are a given. If you're selling pants, you're going to sell jerseys. Also, uh, you talk about the the issue with Honda. At some point, you guys are making Honda line stuff. Well, that was kind of before us. Jim and I okay. got the tail end of that yeah, because yeah. they were making a brand. Honda tried to push a brand called TX10. Yes. Yeah. And then we got involved with that, and we said, man, we're going to get Rick Johnson out of this deal. And yep. we had, I remember at a photo shoot, and then Ricky got freaked out. He didn't want to look like Larry Ward and George Holland. And right. he's like, no, I'm Rick Johnson. I got I to gotta, I gotta look different. And he jumped ship and went back to, I back think, to, JT. Back to yeah. JT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we ended up with Guy Cooper and Larry Ward. I think Eddie Cole got... George Holland and uh, I don't know how. Uh, no, I think he guy. had Larry. He had Larry. I think you guys. No, no, yeah. no. We had Larry. Oh, had Larry? Okay. Larry Ward was a big problem. Larry Ward, <laughs> Ziggy was his mechanic. Yeah, yeah. And Ziggy, I met. You know, I remember Ziggy sent me a resume in his prom outfit or something. <laughs> and I go, we we kept that resume because that that his his tuxedo was like four sizes too big and I, i'll never forget that and and that's how we became friends me and ziggy yeah yeah and this is long before factory connection because right, right. mike mcandrews had it at the yep, time and this yep. and that's but he was larry ward's mechanic and right. larry ward wouldn't wear axle boots and we go you got to wear axle boots and and we said to honda to tx10 you got to stop paying these guys and guy cooper was a problem too with the boots yeah and we said, stop paying them, and they'll wear the boots. <laughs> well, we can't do that. You know, Honda's too big of a corporation. Yeah, we yeah. have to. So they sent guys up to AXO, and we had to give these depositions. Like, they had to weigh the – Guy Cooper said the toe caps were too heavy. So we're weighing <laughs> toe caps. I mean, it was just nonsense. Oh, and Larry God. Ward wanted all these things. So we said, okay, Ramo, make some boots and send them – Overnight yep. to LAX. <laughs> I drove to LAX to clear customs, yep. hand cleared these boots. Ziggy goes, they were at Unadilla that weekend. I hand cleared them, jumped on a flight, flew to New York, yeah. went to Unadilla, dog tired. I think I had to go on a red eye. Right. And Ziggy said Larry Ward made one lap in them and took them off and said, I'm not wearing these, and then put his high points back on. So then when he was at the riders meeting or something, Ziggy threw the high points in the trash and he had to wear no the way, boots really? that day. Yeah. Oh, and it smoked. was like I mean, we just had Larry Ward was a problem. And then what's funny is then he rode for me or for Honda, yeah, Honda Troy. Troy. Yep. 
And then later, he wanted to wear Garnet boots, and I go, you are the biggest problem. I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> and you know he was a problem with Renthal's, too. Oh, I, uh, he, he denies he, all this stuff to me, and I'm like, Larry. No, no, uh, no. He was like, oh, if they're one millimeter back, and yeah. so we're flying handlebars back and forth, and and finally it was it's just so- like, I, I think we changed the sticker. And we just gave him the same handlebar, and he said, these are perfect. These are perfect. So, yeah, there's a lot of those yeah. Larry Ward stories around about mechanics that worked with him and, and other people. Uh, um, but I like Larry now, yeah, yeah. but he was, a, he, was a, he was hard to work with. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, so, yeah, okay, you know, maybe Kordowski was, uh, was the other st- guy I was thinking. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, you guys. Kordowski, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah because remember. he was an answer guy anyhow. Right, right, so maybe, right. maybe he was at Honda for a stint. Yep. Yeah, maybe. Um, well, cool, man. Thanks for doing this, Bob. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, really, thanks for having me. Really fun time. Really cool path through the industry for sure. And uh, lots of cool accomplishments by yourself and your team and, and everybody else, man. So uh, thank yeah. you. Thank you for the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's been uh, you know a lot of a uh, lot of fun, and you know in this motorcycle industry, I will say, I've met some of the best people in the world, and you know it's true. You you know a lot of people in life, but we all like motorcycles, and I always say, you know, I think I could probably be just about in any part of the world and make a phone call and go, hey, you want to go to dinner? And yeah, and that person would say, hey, you want you got a place to stay? You want to spend the night? And you go. What other industry could you do that and have fun and and look forward to seeing people? You know, you're right. Yeah, that's a very good point for sure. So uh, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for doing the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, Bob Rathcamp. Thanks, man. All right, thank you. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosile Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. 
until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.